And one thing about God's heart we know, in this month, we're talking about commitment to soul winning. Getting people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people say, Pastor, that's our theme every Sunday. <laughs> that's what you want to talk about. You want to talk about soul winning. And I don't know if that's the only thing we do, but here's what I found out. Every once in a while in my 21 years of being a pastor, someone will say, Pastor, you need to start teaching us how to do this and how to do that or teach us this. And there's, there's no doubt I'll accept those criticisms because there's a lot of things in the Bible I need to learn and I need to communicate and feed the flock of God. But here's a little secret I found out. People who are soul winners usually are given special wisdom to handle some of the problems of life. God just helps them. And they that be shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. There's something I think special given to people who are trying to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, Daniel 12.3 was Pastor Hiles' life verse. And he talked about, and they that be wise, what shall they do? They'll shine as the brightness of the firmament. They that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. One thing you need to negotiate life is wisdom. And wisdom and soul winning kind of go together. God will give a soul winning man or a woman, I think, exceptional insight in what to do about common things so, so often. One of the things that I think about as a church, and we're going to go to this passage in a moment in Psalm uh, 126, a beautiful passage. You're familiar with it probably. But five times in the Bible, God tells uh, his people, before he, Jesus, before he goes back to heaven, he gets his disciples together and he says, go ye to all the world. And I want you to teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And then, lo, I'm with you always. And it reminds me, what are the benefits of soul winning? What are the blessings of being a soul winning Christian and a soul winning church? Number one, you get the Lord's presence with you. He said, if you'll go soul winning, if you'll get the gospel to people around the corner, around the world at the same time, I'm going to be with you always. Now, when you get saved, is Jesus always with you? Yes. He'll never leave you, nor. He says, lo, I am with you always. He'll never leave you. But, but having the presence of God as a reality in your life is another story. Have you ever been to a party or a gathering or, a, or a, 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 an event where you were there, but you were not accepted? It was like you were very, like no one really acknowledged you. You know, in your situation, when I'm in a situation like that, I just want to get out. <laughs> I just want to leave. Well, that's how God is sometimes in our world. He's there, but he's not acknowledged. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thine own understanding. All thy ways, acknowledge him, and then he'll direct your path. But I think that one of the benefits of being a soul-winning church and being a soul-winning Christian is the presence of God. I wonder how many times people would say about you or about me, he, the Lord's with him. God is all over her. It, it's obvious that God is in that church. One of the greatest compliments I think we can ever get in this ministry is that I think, I think I felt God's presence there. Had a visitor a few weeks ago sit over here in this right section. They met us over there. And uh, there was two people, one sat there and one sat over here, but they, they both said the same things at the same time. They said, you know what? I said, it's a big church, but I felt like God was here. I felt God's presence here. Boy, there's nothing better than that. But you know, I think God's presence 
in the reality of God's presence is a result of a soul-winning church. And I don't think it's easy. I think it's much easier to go to a church where you just sit, you listen to someone preach, you slap each other in the back and say it's been a good Sunday in the Lord, rather than spending time out soul winning. It's much easier not to have a bus ministry. Lots cheaper, a lot less risk. It's much easier to have a church without a better road to recovery home for men and women. Much cheaper to have a church without a Christian school. It costs, it costs thousands of dollars to invest in young people to do that. And yet it's a rewarding church. It'd be easy for us, much better, just, just to come here and let's just talk about the goodness of God and let's not worry about running buses and going soul winning and making soul winning meetings and knocking doors and getting tracks and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, it's not what God's plan is. One of his main reasons for us to be here as a church, we're a called out assembly, have been called out by God for the purpose of propagating the gospel. Getting someone else in their ears the gospel of Christ. And when we do that, God substitutes that for our presence, for his presence. Says, you know what? I'll be with you, John. I'll be with you, Brother Pete. I'll be with you, Brother Medense. I'll be with you, Lily. I'll be with you there, Pat, Lori. If you'll get involved in my work, I'm going to be with you always. And there's nothing better in life than to have God's presence upon your life. I can't think of anything. One thing I love about Joseph, I love him and you love him too. Joseph in the Bible, there's very neg few negative things. But you know what God says continually about Joseph? The Lord was with him. But the Lord was in the pit. Guess who was there? The Lord was with him. In, the, in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. In the prison, the Lord was with him. And then when he went to the palace, God was with him. And you know, God's presence is available for you. And that's why I think everybody ought to be a soul winner locally and support missions globally. Oh, I know there are many other things in the work of God, and there's many other things we can learn and should learn. But I tell you, it's, it's uh, years ago I heard this statement, and it's kind of in my heart. Keep the main thing the main thing. You know, the why, you know why you are saved today? Because someone kept the main thing the main thing. <laughs> if they didn't do it, you and I would have slipped through the cracks. Somebody was willing to get the gospel to you and me. The second thing the Bible tells in the book of Mark, he said, look, I want you to go to every creature. Chapter 16, and I want you to you publish, preach the gospel to every creature. He says, when you do that, he goes, I'm going to protect you. He said, there'll be maybe people give you poison, and, and it's going to be okay. He said, there's going to be maybe snakes bite you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to take care of you. And one thing I've experienced in my few years of being a pastor of a local church that is trying, to, we're not perfect, we don't do the greatest job, we got other issues we're working on, but when we're after another soul and trying to win someone locally and globally, I do believe that God provides his supernatural protection. You try sending 80 buses out in Chicago and Northwest Indiana every Sunday and hope everybody comes back okay. It's a miracle. You try to take care of buildings and have this many people get together. And yes, we have our challenges sometimes. But you know, there's so many things that could go wrong that I don't think go wrong because Jesus protects us. You know, that not only is a corporate promise, that's a personal promise. There's some of us, we're scared to death. We're scared of COVID. We're scared of this. We're scared of that. We're scared to get sick. We're scared of what's happened to our grandkids, what's happened to our kids. 
You know, I think you can rest at night a lot better when you know God is protecting you. The Bible says, unless the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early and sit up late and eat the bread of sorrows. He giveth his beloved sleep. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. Help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He who does not sleep, nor does he slumber. So if he's going to stay up all night, is there no use for both of us staying up all night, right? Worried about our problems and threatened about, threatened about things. I'm amazed how God protects people who are gospel-oriented, who are trying to get people the gospel around the corner and around the world. That's why I encourage you. Pastor, are you trying to get more money for missions? Not in your life. I can't believe the generosity of God's people. But that's not an end. My end is I really want God to be glorified. But the other thought is I want God to bless you. I like what Apostle Paul said. He said, when it comes to giving to missions, this is expedient for you. He said, here and I give my advice. You don't have to do it. When you go out soul winning, I know some folks decide to do it, some folks decide not to do it. And it's really your choice. There's no, there's no, um, there is a little bit of pressure. I want to, I want to put pressure where there needs to be because we all need to be provoked to do that. And a man the other day, I had someone tell me just today, he said, Pastor, you know what? I've been a soul winner since I was a teenager, but I find myself in my mid-50s realizing that I need provocation. I just need that encouragement just to get out and do it again. I know, and once I do it, I'm always better. I'm always glad I did. And a man said, Pastor, I'm just not good at door-to-door. And they went out door-to-door yesterday, and the Lord honored his going. But I, I love it because it not only gives you the presence of God, it gives you the protection of God. The book of Luke, Jesus is walking with the two road, two people, maybe a husband and wife on the road to Emmaus, or maybe it was two men. We don't know for sure. We don't have their names. Or Cleophas was one of them. and Not sure exactly. But you know, as he talked to them, their hearts burned as he talked with them in the way, the Bible tells us. And then the Bible tells us that he said, I want the gospel to be preached to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he's telling us, I want to be a missions church, but quite frankly, he says, you don't need to be a missions church. You need to be a local church, too. There are some churches, they get so excited about giving to missions, but they wouldn't walk across the street to win someone to Christ. But they're excited about giving money for someone in Zambia to get saved. You need both of those. You don't need just to be a missions church. You need to be someone who's actively doing that. He said, we see God's plan that way. In John chapter 20, he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Then he says, my peace I give to you. We talked about this this morning, but you need to have peace to make progress. If you're going to have the peace, in, in, you know, some people are all tore up in their own hearts. One thing I, I love about 1 Peter chapter 3, when it talks about a wife, a wife is very valuable who has a meek and a quiet spirit. It doesn't mean she can't laugh loud or she can't, you know, play a game and yell or whatever or just to, just be, but it means that inside she's calm. She has, a, she has a peace in her heart. That song they sang years ago, I have a peace in my heart that the world never gave me and a peace it cannot take away. An everlasting peace and I know that it's there to stay. Just having a peace in your heart. Boy, the, I think soul winning results in oftentimes peace. Not peace you can buy at the store. You can't buy it there. Walmart, Sam's, they don't have it. You have to get it from God. And I think he exchanged it to a church and to an individual who would be soul conscious. 
A lot of things I want for myself. I want it for Linda. I want it for our kids. I want it for our families and our children, our church. Is I want the presence of God. I want the protection of God. I want to do the plan of God and, and be faithful in our areas, rounds around the world. Then I want, I want to have the peace of God. And I want to experience that. The Bible says the, 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 the fruit or, or, or um, the, the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not rules and regulations, but it is righteousness, is peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You want to find someone who's operating the peace of God, they're doing the right thing. God's given them a peace, and they've got joy in the Holy Spirit of God. And then the last thing, of course, in the book of Acts, the Bible tells us, he tells us that ye shall receive power. And I don't exactly know what kind of a power a church can have. I've been speaking today about church membership with our, our folks who have come for a church membership class. And as I think about that, I always get excited to think about the things that we can do together as a church. There's just things that, you know, there are people today that say, you know, I don't think the church is important. I just, I'll, I can do church at home. And you, you might be able to, but you'll never, God will never speak to you in the same unique ways he does when you're in church. Those of you who watch online from time to time and people are watching now and some need to because they're sick or they don't feel well or they're providentially hindered. I'm just telling you, online you can't hear it quite the way that you can hear it when you're in the building. Something goes on there. But I love the synergy of a church. The multiplication of all of its, par, of all of its people working towards some goal. I'm thinking about just the property that God lets us to buy in foreign soils. With missionary, I got a man, he's an Indian guy. His name is Pastor A Thing. <laughs> a Thing, that's his name. And you know, he has had such difficulties in his life. And he oversees an orphanage for kids and he's church planting. And it just as I, as I see where he goes and what he does, I watch the bridges he goes over and I see the people he's ministering to and in the rough situations. And then I can say, you know what? Our church decided we're going to give X amount of dollars to help you. And just to see his heart, just like, I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. This is going to be helping so many. There's going to be so many people get saved because of this. And he's got, he's got opposition from, the, from the, the area that he's in and the religious uh, the antagonist. But just to know there's someone somewhere in the world that loves him and encourages him. Something we can do together. A soul winning effort is like yesterday. Oh, we all could have gone out individually, but going out corporately together, 10 cities plus Chicago, that's exciting, isn't it? Hundreds and thousands of people got to at least receive a gospel information, and many of them, scores of people, got to let someone take the Bible and show them how to be saved. It's a corporate blessing, and it gives power, not our power, but God's power. It's a beautiful thing. Keeping the gospel at the forefront in your heart and life. I was talking to Brother Roland Cormier, and we're praying for his lovely wife, Joanne, and she's got cancer in multiple places in her body. She's going in and out of the hospital, had a had an infection, had to go to the hospital and stay there for a little bit, and she's going back to the thing, getting the treatments on a regular basis with radiation. But boy, we don't have a, a more fervent soul winner than Brother Roland. And it was so funny the other day, he was, he, was talking to, uh, he was talking to the nurse there and started to witness the nurse. He goes, you know what, hang on a second. I used to work at a nursing home. Connie, what's her name? Froki led me to the Lord. 
Because I'm already saved. I've done this. This is great. I'm glad you're telling me again the same things he's told me. I'm already saved. Miss Connie told me that. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? There's something that blessing about that. We ought to pray for one another. We ought to do that. I want to just give you a couple things real quick. Let's go through this passage, and then I'll uh, pick up this month and talk a little bit more about that. Look at verse number one of chapter one of Psalm one twenty six. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. I wish I could have Brother Paul Johnson explain this. Probably do a better job. But I would say this: that of course Psalms one seventeen is the shortest chapter of your Bible. The middle chapter of your Bible, they tell me, is Psalms one hundred eighteen. They tell me that because I'm not going to count all the verses back and forth. I'm just going to take you their word for it. Someone's in the middle verse of the Bible. It's better to trust in the Lord and put confidence in man. Psalms 118, verse number 8. That's a good verse for the middle of your Bible, isn't it? The shortest chapter, Psalm 117. The longest chapter, Psalm 119. And, of course, it's about the Word of God, 176 verses. 174 of them directly talk of the, Lord, of the Word of God. But then Psalms 120 to 1, Psalms 134 is Psalms of Ascent. And, and a Jewish man or a Jewish woman making their way to the temple. John Cott, good to see you tonight. I didn't see you sneaked in on us. And I'm glad you're here. But on the way to the temple, a Jewish man or a woman, uh, if they were local, this is maybe somebody, but if they're coming from afar, they would take and, 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 and sing each of these Psalms, beginning at Psalms 120. Psalms 120 is a, is a desire to get out of bad uh, behavior and bad association. It's to separate from things that are questionable. Because you'll never worship God if you're, if you're still in love with the world. It's to separate from that. Psalms, 120, uh, Psalms 121 will talk about making allegiance to the Lord. I will lift up my eyes of the hills from whence come. He's, he's my, I'm separating not only from the world, but to him. Psalms 122, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And the Jewish worshiper would often go into the temple. He would stand on the, on the, on the step and, and sing that song. And then sing the next one. And then sing the next one. And each of them would have, have a theme. And of course, Psalms 127, 28 are family songs. 126 is talking about, one of the songs they would sing is that whenever life is like a dream... As I go to worship the Lord, as I go in my worship, he, he said, it's like a dream that God would deliver me from captivity. One thing that I think it's always good for us to do, especially as soul winners, is to remember what it was to be lost. Okay, now, some of us struggle because I was an elementary child when I got saved. And one of the sad things, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, he said, Pastor, it's kind of sad because people who got out of the world, they were so messed up. If you ever hear the story of Greg and, and Mrs. Pines, I heard them uh, uh, give their testimony tonight. Their lives were a wreck before God saved them. And it's so sad, but sometimes people who come out of the world, they know what's there. And it's like, oh, man, I am so glad God delivered me from that captivity, those addictions. And boy, the next generation, if that's your mom or dad or your grandparents, sometimes these guys over here are fighting to get back where their grandparents were. They're going back into the world. They, they've been given so much, and to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah, you're, they're going back into a world. They've been spared so much grief and heartache and disappointment. Then they find themselves going back in there. But the psalmist says, I tell you what, 
It's like a dream how good God has been to us. Look at verse number two, would you please? And by the way, no one will ever experience God's greatness in their life until they're convinced of God's goodness in their life. And you can see it here. People who are not convinced that God's good to them, they are not interested in winning people to Christ. They're not interested in supporting world evangelism. But when you get a, when you get a little happy about how God's good, been good to you, you're going to be excited about some things. Look at this right here, if you would, please, verse number two. That our mouth was filled with what? I mean, I went happy. And our tongue with? Well, some, it always, I, I know I'm a little bit more, um, lean a little heavier on singing. And I don't expect everybody to be just like me, and many of you are more, far more spiritual than I'll ever be, and you don't, you're like saying, can we stop singing, Pastor? That's okay. But I will tell you this, friend. There ought to be a song in our heart and there ought to be an anticipation to realize, you know, we're not, I'm not singing for you. You're not singing for me. One thing I love about music, the Bible tells that music should start in the heart, and it should always be for the Lord. Well, I like that song. It's never been about what you like. We ought to ask ourselves, is the Lord, are you pleased with this? Because music, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, and it's for the Lord. I think that could be revolutionary. I wonder how many people are going to have to, going to say, my goodness, I am in the presence of the Lord. Why did I fight over that dumb song? Why did I fight to keep my music? Why did I keep that on my Pandora? Why did I keep that on my phone? Why did I keep that on my iPad? Why did I keep that in my ear pods? What an idiot. God already told me that it wasn't pleasing to him. Why did I keep it? But I tell you what, the Bible's teaching us here. He says, look, when you realize what God's brought you from, it brings you laughter. It brings you singing, right kind of singing. Look at the next one. And then they said among the heathen, the Lord hath done what? Boy, when you're confident how good God's been to you and how great he's been to you, the Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof? We are glad. Verse number four, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. Would you read verse five and six? This is the soul winning verses. And they that shall... And he that goeth forth and reaping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There's two references to joy here. But I want you to notice three things about sowing. Number one, the toil. <laughs> the toil. And one of the reasons that soul winning does not, is not attractive, it is toil. It's work. It's beautiful work. It brings joy, and the joy of the Lord gives you strength, but it's toil. He said, he that soweth. You got to keep sowing the seed. You keep throwing the seed out. You got to keep talking to another person, another person. You'll get disappointed. Sometimes, you know, the sower sometimes throws seed on stony ground. Boy, sometimes it just frustrated me. Why is it one person, they hear the gospel and they grow like a weed? And somebody else, they hear the gospel and they, even, they may even weep or cry or be emotional and say, thank you so much. Oh, that'll help me so much. And then they just, they just only grow for a few weeks and then they fall off the planet. I don't know. But you know, sowers, that's what they have. They have some falls on good ground and becomes very productive, and some doesn't. But you know what the truth of the matter is? Our job is to take the word of God and sow it. Just keep getting it out. The toil. Number two, the tears. The tears of soul winning. Now, I'm a little bit of an emotional guy, and you may or may not be. There are things that make me emotional. I'm not probably on a scale from one to ten. I'm probably right in the middle. There are things that make me sentimental and challenged, and I can weep real easy if I just think about it for a little bit. But the Bible says, he that goeth forth bearing precious seed, he's crying he's with tears. 
weeping. Now, I think one of the things that help us, one of, one of what makes us sensitive to the lost. I think we, we have a lot of, we don't think. Years ago, I went to a Jack Van Impe crusade in um, Johnson City, Tennessee, and Brother John Condit got saved at a Jack Van Impe crusade there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, years ago at the convention center. But I remember going to that. I was only in fourth grade. But I remember going, and I, I listened to his wife, Rexella, sing this song. Think what it means to be lost forever. No one to guide you across death's cold river. Darkness crying, none to deliver. Think what it means to be lost. Now, some of us who got saved when we were young, we forgot all about that. Boy, you ought to remind yourself the, the, the blessings of being saved. Amen. Then when you think of people, rather than think about good or bad people, I was talking to someone the other day, and their, their lifestyle was so, they just looked so confused. They acted confused. It seems like right was wrong and wrong was right as I was sitting with them. And inside my heart, I was prejudiced. I, was, I, I didn't really, I didn't want to talk to them, much less share the gospel. I figured they were going to spit on me if I did. Just totally off. But then I sat there and I started, I started thinking, what's their problem? I wonder when they were first molested. I wonder how old they were. I wonder what they're angry about. I wonder what they're upset from. What is it makes them so um, antagonistic and just obviously trying to struggle for attention and uh, go through all this stuff to do that? I, I, you know, I, I think it helped. Understanding, and my heart just got a little tender, a tender moment. They're thinking, you know, this person, they're going to go to heaven or hell. By the way, is there anybody beyond God's ability to change, to touch? Imagine people who saw Apostle Saul, or Saul said, that guy's never get saved. And he became the greatest Christian you'll ever meet. It might be your neighbor. It might be your friend at work. It might be someone you think, oh, they're a hard case that we ought to say, God, give me a broken heart for them. Not to be antagonistic and argumentative, but to be broken with not just toil of soul winning, but the, but the tears of soul winning. But then the last thing, the triumph of soul winning. He said, look at verse 6. You can see it with me. We'll conclude. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. With what? Bringing his sheaves. I like that last two words, those last two words, with him. It's just, it's just a blessing to be able to see people come to know Christ. I, I, I love watching people when they win someone to Christ. Today I saw a little girl, she came in with her convert, and she walked across here, took her up and get baptized. I saw Brother Wayne bringing some people in this morning. And, you know, when you bring someone to church, Linda got the lead lady to Christ yesterday, her and Lacey, and she was in the service this morning, and she's going to be back next week and going to be, be discipled, and it's going to be, I think, some good. Linda said, John, I, I don't know. Just, I'm just so glad God sent me out, and I'm so glad she was so receptive. I think we're going to be fast friends for a long time, not for just eternity, but in this life too, with what God's doing. But, you know, something about when you bring someone to, 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 to the Lord Jesus Christ, it brings you a lot of joy. There are hundreds of people who come every week, but there are some people that I look for and I love. I, there's a guy back here on my right. I can't help but think about him because I was there when he got saved. When John DeGon comes, I was there when he got saved. And I get to see several of you other people that was there. And you know something about, I can preach to hundreds and thousands of people on a weekly basis. It doesn't do anything to me. Like, look, I always look for my friends. 
that God gave me friends through Jesus. And it brings you joy. And the joy of the Lord brings you strength. And this is a great passage. I want to encourage you. Ask God to give you a soul winner's heart. Be willing to toil. Be willing to tear up. And be willing to triumph together with God. Your labors together with God.